Sword and Spinner, Episode 3. Reaper King. Please. The words were said by a little girl whose dark hair had been cut raggedy to a boy's length. She dressed in two large trousers held up by a belt in a grey-knit vest, almost too small now, that seemed to have been made some far moon ago with the utmost care. She didn't dare to touch Remus, hovering before him like a spectre in her size. Ghosts and gods and stars, she couldn't have been more than seven, meant that he nearly missed her in the crowd. Almost. All of these gods-forsaken Rhysaeans never knew how to be quiet, but he was used to the way his people spoke. He didn't miss her words. Because it wasn't a Rhysaean please, pears, always said in a breathy way that made it too close to seduction for Remus's comfort. It was an Ilykenin please, favore, and that, more than anything, was enough to stop them dead in their tracks. Please, she said again. I like Nin, please. Favore, Reaper King. I need your help. And that... That was enough to send him to one knee. Reeling. His old name, title, how had she known? She wasn't more than seven, more than eight, and he'd been gone that long, at least. Time blurred, he'd spent too much of his first year, two, drunk and stumbling, drunk and trying to forget, and that didn't make tracking time an easy endeavor. Reaper King. At least they were kneeling in front of her now, and she took that as an invitation. Lila paraded on, caught up in the grand celebration, but Remus was caught... Here, in this moment, he had never been anywhere but here. He had never been anyone but this. He was nineteen years old again, raper, king, himself, but greater and stronger and political. Ha, Remus, political. They'd been a force to reckon with, never stupid enough to turn against the man he'd helped to put on the throne when he was an even younger and stupider teenager. No, of course not. But that didn't mean that there wouldn't have been supporters for him if he decided to try. That didn't mean that kings, especially kings who'd won their thrones in wars, were sensible creatures, made them anything but... But it hadn't taken Remus too long to become too good at hunting monsters without a war to occupy him that he became a threat. Nineteen and stupid, nineteen and glory struck. Awesome, in the old way, the way that meant inspires fear. To some. To the monsters in the dark. Of course. Sometimes the powerful were the monsters. Remus forced himself to concentrate on the girl. It was easy, letting their ears tune into his own language. They'd forgotten what it sounded like to listen to words pour out in an accent unstilted by pressing Rhysaean. Lila kept them from forgetting this home, but she was no skilled linguist. 
they'd forgotten just how much that was true. My father's dead, but he wakes when there are storms, and my mother is crazy, my mother is crazy, my brother tries to stop her. We tie my father to a boat when the storms come, and we pray that our tower holds the tide and does not wash him to shore, that he does not wake up when we tie the ropes. I am scared, and she grows angry by the- Remus? Lila had finally realized he was gone. He managed to tear his gaze away from the child before him, dragged that gaze up, up to Lila, where she stood with one hand cradling her lyre with more care than she ever had the myriad of babies she'd kissed. The other hand was cocked on her hip. Why just stop? They're throwing a feast! Here she wiggled her eyebrows and let her mouth fall open into a stylized O. Not a shock so much as shock, practiced in a still pond. There was still too much smugness in it to be genuine. Can we go? There's a girl, you know, who was giving me moon eyes. I'm sure it wouldn't take much. I can't go back to Ilaikna, he said to the child, cutting Lila off. I'll be killed. I don't know how you crossed the sea, but go home. Find someone else to be your reaper. Ghosts and gods and stars, it hurt him to speak in his own language. To turn away from a chance that would have allowed him to speak more and more and more. His bag of sand was almost empty. He was hoarding it. Now, the sprinkling that had survived being slashed at by that fucking dog all those months ago. But he couldn't convince himself to give up the idea of home, no matter how much better it would have been for him. Her brow furrowed. I don't live in the far shore. I live in Rysaea. He stiffened at that. The far shore. No one from Ilaikna called it that, called this place of dirt and longing for old magic by the name of its people instead of their own. The two Rysaean words tumbling out around the mix of Ilaikna, far shore, was almost worse than the separation. It didn't make sense. She knew the stories of him, of the Reaper King, Remus reminded himself, that's not you anymore, and yet called Ilaikna the Far Shore instead. She spoke to him in his own language and claimed to be from here. She had a mad mother, maybe, and a dead father, maybe, unless, unless she was sent by someone to tug at his heartstrings to lead him into a trap to be killed. But if so... She wouldn't have called it a far shore. That left one option. She was, like him, a refugee. Her family, like him, for some reason or another, had been driven out by the mad king or the king that came after. He couldn't resist a sob story. He collected them. He was one of them. Lila was one of them. We're not going, Remus said, this time to Lila in Rizayan. Her mouth fell open. This time, shock. Genuine. What? Remus, we just killed the cannibal that's been picking off people in this town for months. Can we not stop to celebrate for a night? No, he said and stood. Without thinking, he offered the little girl his hand, and she took it without hesitation. We have another job. Shock 
melted into something akin to disgust as Lila took in the girl, their clasped hands, and Ramus's free hand on the hilt of his short sword. Is that a child? She asked petulantly, and this time there was no akin to for the disgust to glance off of. Remus, we've talked about this. No strays. Especially no strays that aren't house-trained. Oh, Remus said. Don't put yourself out on the street like that. She made a face. They ignored it and squeezed the girl's hand as she tugged on his thumb. Come on. We'll say our goodbyes and take some food for the road. To the little girl in Ilekinen. How far from here do you live? I left last morning and slept in a barn, then I walked here. And you live on? This shore. This shore. How had he wandered so close to the coast without realizing it? Was it longing, or chance, or love? He supposed longing and love were much the same. An hour. Lila crossed her arms. I get an hour, and then we can go. Ramus groaned. Thirty minutes. Forty-five, Lila said. Final offer, or take your newfound child and go on without me. Daughter, Remus corrected, and it was the I like word. Rizaiah didn't have a word for daughter, just child, as Lila had said. He still separated the two in his head. Lila raised her eyebrows in a way that told Remus they were many things, but good at hiding their nostalgia was not one of them. They relented rather than let her keep harping on the subject. An hour, he conceded. An hour was enough to get Lila drunk and happy enough to forget he'd said anything at all. She brightened and swept into a bow. An hour. Well, I don't like to boast, and I hardly like to brag, but... When you've seen and slain like I, you could hoist a jaded flag. I've seen the world and walked its shores and have no one but wanting more. And yet tonight, all I want is you. Come here, darling. I promise you forever, but I'm afraid we don't have long. The Mugar is time to fight, but I have nimble hands. I'll twist the clock for one so we have time to dance. Come here, darling, and look into my eyes. In an ideal world, we meet under blue skies. We could take it slow, but we have no such chance. I'll I ask you but to dance. Come here, darling, and listen to my song. I promise you forever, but I'm afraid we don't have long. The Mugar is time to fight, but I have nimble hands. That's what's the clock rewind, so we have time to Darling, now.
back and we don't have long The moon guide is time to rise But I am nimble hands I'll taste the clock for one So we have time to dance Oh, come here darling Now I listen to my song I promise you forever But I'm afraid we don't have long The moon guide is time to rise But I am nimble hands I'll taste the clock for Sword and Spinner is written and edited by me, Abigail Eliza. The music was written, sung, and edited by me, Chloe Peterson. The voice of Remus was Abigail Eliza. And the voice of Lila was Chloe Peterson. If you'd like to hear more about Sword and Spinner or other stories in Rise A, you can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or Tumblr at Back Again Podcast or Abigail Eliza Writes on TikTok. If you've made it this far, thanks for sticking around. Please remember that this world always tries to make you feel more alone than you truly are. There are people out there that will love you without condition or expectation, and you will find them. The light-soaked days are coming. I promise. I hope you have a wonderful day.